San Francisco enacted a law four years ago that allowed non-citizens to vote in school board elections. Underlying idea being to allow non-citizens who are parents of kids in schools to have some sort of a say in who was elected to their school board. But the trick of it is, and the problem is, is that it's illegal. Some of the people that propose these laws, they argue that if you do it this way, it would help these non-citizens to get ready to participate. Voting in the United States is a fundamental right of citizenship. You don't tinker with the fundamental issue of how our democracy operates. How would we really feel about an election if we had a circumstance where non-citizens were allowed to vote and an election was decided by a handful of votes, which means that the election would have been decided by the presence of non-citizen voting. It undermines the integrity, in my opinion, of the entire process. My guest today is James Lacey, attorney and political commentator. He sued and won the case against San Francisco. It overturned the controversial law that allows non-citizens to vote in San Francisco's local election. We sat down with James just a few days before he filed another lawsuit against Oakland, who's pushing a similar non-citizen voting measure. Let's just be frank. Why should San Francisco be affording a citizen of the People's Republic of China a vote in a U.S. election when that citizen of communist China doesn't have the same de democratic voting rights in their own country? Should non-citizens participate in local elections? And are there any unintended consequences? Let's find out in today's episode. I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Thank you very much. We want to talk to you about non-citizens um, getting involved in voting. And uh, California, there is a trend of this. Can you explain what's going on? Yeah, there really uh, is a trend. Uh, San Francisco enacted a law four years ago that allowed non-citizens to vote in school board elections. And other cities around the state and even in the nation have attempted to enact some laws. There was a law that was passed in New York City uh, earlier this year to allow non-citizens to vote in all the city elections. Vermont cities have had a couple of instances where the cities have uh, empowered non-citizens to vote in their elections. And in California, it's been considered in Santa Ana, which is the largest city here in Orange County, in San Jose, and there's even a ballot proposition in Oakland uh, to have non-citizen voting. But the trick of it is, and the problem is, is that it's illegal. And it needs to be stopped. And the reason it needs to be stopped is because the California Constitution establishes that for purposes of voting in this state, you must be a United States citizen and you must be 18 years of age or older. There is a lobby nationally and particularly in California of uh, essentially left-leaning woke progressives that think that democracy will be improved in our state if we allow people who are not citizens to vote in our elections. Uh, so when you stop and think about, well, all right, a person who is a non-citizen is certainly a citizen of somewhere else. Of another country. Of another yeah. country, right. And by not giving up that citizenship and seeking U.S. citizenship, what you're allowing to happen is individuals to come in who haven't professed an allegiance 
to this nation and who might be unwilling to give up citizenship in another nation that doesn't afford them the same democratic voting rights that we do. But let me just establish this one very important point. There was a historically very close election in our lifetimes in the year 2000. That was the election between George W. Bush and Al Gore, who was the vice president. And that election came down to a very close count of votes in the state of Florida. George Bush was basically elected president on the basis of winning the electoral votes of Florida and winning a statewide election by maybe 800 votes. That determined who the president was. Al Gore challenged that because they had different views about what votes should have counted. There were things called hanging chads at that time and so on and so forth. And the case went up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court in the case of Bush versus Gore found that voting in the United States is a fundamental right of citizenship. This means that the rights associated with voting are so strong that no locality or state, including San Francisco or Oakland or Santa Ana or New York City, can affect the fundamental right of voting unless they have a truly compelling state interest. Now, we go over to what happened in San Francisco. Four years ago, on the third or fourth attempt at a ballot initiative, progressives in San Francisco by 54% passed a law that allowed for non-citizens to vote in school board elections. The idea, underlying idea being to allow non-citizens who are parents of kids in schools to have some sort of a say in who was elected to their school board. Parenthetically, we know that the San Francisco School Board is totally dysfunctional. And, and they got recalled. And last year, three of them got recalled because they didn't like the idea of naming schools after Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln. That law was enacted for just four years. It had a sunset provision in it. And late last year, that sunset provision gave the Board of Supervisors in San Francisco the option to extend the law. When that happened, and the San Francisco Board of Supervisors voted to extend the law, it gave me the opportunity within a 60-day window to challenge the constitutionality of the law. I wasn't able to do it four years ago. I wasn't engaged four years ago. But, I'm, but because election integrity has become such an important issue since then, we've had our antennas out for these types of issues. How do we improve election integrity? How do we protect that fundamental right to vote? that the Supreme Court has said exists. So we went ahead and we filed uh, for what's called a writ of mandate uh, to um, have a permanent injunction on extending that vote. And our argument was that under a clear provision of the California Constitution, only citizens of the United States 18 years or older may vote. And it's, uh, it's alarming that this ballot initiative even got on the ballot and was allowed to have a vote. And it was a failure of the attorneys who advised the cities. So it wasn't to legal to begin with? It wasn't legal to begin with. But it was an unconstitutional provision to begin with, but it wasn't challenged that way in court. So it got by, and the initiative passed fairly narrowly. 54% in San Francisco uh, is, does not reflect what the majority view in the state of California would be. So sure enough, 
after uh, three or four months of litigation, uh, Judge Ulmer of the Sup Superior Court of San Francisco, Stanford law grad, a judge appointed by Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, who sits in San Francisco, made a terrific decision. And he said, um, you know what, city of San Francisco, you're wrong. The constitutional provision is clear, it's straightforward, and I am enjoining this law. And on the 29th of July, he issued this ruling that um, restrains San Francisco from allowing non-citizens to vote in their elections. Now, the city came back two weeks later on August 12th, so this is very fresh information, and they tried to get what's referred to as a stay of the implementation of that order so that they could appeal the case to the next level of the Court of Appeals and see if they could overturn the judge's ruling. And the judge came out with, again, an absolutely fantastic ruling. It, it was a, a one-and-a-half-page statement, and it, it said very succinctly, look, this is not a difficult question, and it's not even a close call. Non-citizens may not vote in California elections. So uh, we're buoyed by this decision because we think it will protect election integrity. And if you look at the voting demographics of San Francisco, you'll see this is not something that, is, uh, that we've promoted because we have this army of, of Tea Party patriots or Trump supporters that are mm. saying, all right, we don't want any non-citizens to vote. The voting demographic in San Francisco is very diverse and it's very minority tilted. You have a large Asian community, citizen Asians. You have a large black community, and you have a very large Latino community. All of, that, all of those groups, particularly the black demographic, has been historically subject to invidious discrimination and, and discrimination about their votes. There's a famous case that was decided in 1980 in Alabama about how the city of Mobile, Alabama, intentionally discriminated against black voters in, a, in the way that they set up their city elections to dilute the vote of the black voters so that the black voting bloc would not have an, enough influence to actually elect people to public office. And the Supreme Court found against the city of Mo Mobile and elucidated the notion that voting is so precious it cannot be diluted. You cannot have the state taking power or putting in programs that have the effect of diluting. Well, this San Francisco issue, this, it was an example of the government pushing a program that had the effect of diluting the vote of the citizen minorities in San Francisco. So if there's virtue, the virtue isn't with the non-citizen voters, who don't really pledge an allegiance to the United States and who have other ways that they can participate. There's, there's no rule that says that a non-citizen individual can't attend a school board meeting, can't step up and be able to speak at the public, um, at the public, public time, hearings, public, hearing, public, public comments. There's no rule against that. It's just the question of voting. So. Uh, so we now have this upheld twice by a Superior Court judge in San Francisco, and we're now turning our sights to the other misguided communities that have also attempted to push this line of non-citizen voting. Already, the city of Santa Anta, uh, just uh, a week and a half ago, took off the ballot 
and an attempt that they were making to have citizens vote in Santa Ana on whether or not non-citizen voting should be approved. And according to the news reports, they, the city council took that action directly as a result of my lawsuit, Lacey versus San Francisco. Yesterday afternoon, this is fresh news, this hasn't been, this hasn't been reported mm -hmm. everywhere, but yesterday afternoon I also, uh, myself and other plaintiffs, filed suit against the city of Oakland because Oakland has on their ballot for November as well a non-citizen voting law that is similar to the one that was struck down for unconstitutionality in San Francisco. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. The process of taking a law like that, uh, you know, of a proposed ballot initiative off the ballot is a little bit different from the challenge that we had in San Francisco. This particular case gets uh, immediate attention and urgency because the election's coming up in November yeah, and they have to make, they have to make a dis decision quickly. Now, some of the people that propose these laws, they argue that if you do it this way, it would help these non-citizens to get ready to participate. What are your thoughts on that in the elections? Well, I mean, create a path yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you don't wear training pants to vote. I mean, there's a reason why the rules are that you have to be a citizen and also 18 years of age, because presumably if you're- Do they want to lower the age as well? Is that how they- Well, the, I'll, I'll come, let me come back to that. Yes, there is an attempt also in Oakland to lower the age to 16 and 17, which didn't make the ballot uh, for November, but which they're planning to put on the ballot in 2024, and which is also patently unconstitutional because of the clear statement in the California Constitution that it requires that you'd be 18 years old. but. It, democracy isn't something you tinker with. Again, we live in an, in a, at a time where people are extremely skeptical about the integrity of elections. They're skeptical about the people that manage their elections. They're even skeptical about the vote returns and the idea of whether mail ballots are being abused. Um, you know, we have many instances of foul-ups by localities and how they manage these elections. The skepticism is very, very high. I don't think that you improve integrity of elections and confidence that people should have in their democratic system by saying, okay, we're going to play around and we're going to let these non-citizens come in, even against the rules, and be able to have a vote because we think it's fair. You know what I think would be fair, Siamuk? I think it would be fair if I didn't have to pay any taxes at all. Why don't we have a ballot proposition that says that I don't have to pay any taxes? Well, that's absurd because there are laws that yeah. are established that say that you have to pay taxes. And I think it's a similar analysis to this whole idea. It's virtue signaling. You know, part of the argument that we hear uh, and has been published in left-wing publications like the San Francisco Standard which is an online publication is, oh, well, these non-citizens are, um, you know, they have an interest in their children's educations and the children might be citizens themselves and they pay taxes and why shouldn't they be able to vote and can't we, why don't we just be able to make an exception? The reason that you don't do that is because, first of all, non-citizens do get the benefit of so many benefits uh, in our state. I mean, even an illegal alien was entitled to COVID relief checks 
uh, from Governor Newsom, you, not even an illegal alien, someone with maybe not even a social security number was able to get that. I mean, we're a generous society. Uh, whether we like it or not, we're a generous society. But you don't tinker with the fundamental issue of how our democracy uh, operates. And the virtue, and we live in a virtue signaling age, the virtue isn't with the non-citizen who isn't willing to give up their citizenship of another nation. The virtue is with the citizen voter. And in San Francisco, that citizen voter is most likely a minority black, a minority Asian, a minority Latino, whose affinity group has been subject to invidious discrimination over voting for years. So we want to uphold the integrity for everyone. Now, you mentioned they and the people that are pushing for this. What can they get out of it? What's the benefit for these leaders that are pushing for voting of non-citizens? Is there any, any value or benefit to them? Well, I mean, I suspect there's political, in San Francisco, I suspect there's probably political benefit. Uh, I don't want to get into scapegoating uh, or make an argument that there's some, uh, you know, nefarious aspect to this, but the San Francisco city attorney uh, is very adamant about supporting this non-citizen voting and has associated himself with some Chinese groups of non-citizen voters who show up at rallies, who make noise, who will possibly get out and distribute leaflets and campaign, and to the extent that their permanent residents maybe make campaign contributions. My objection to that is something that I've already said, and I'm going to, you know, restate it. Uh, I don't think a U.S. politician should put such reliance in a mob, mm -hmm. right? And some of these groups are mob-type And we've covered it in Epoch groups. Times, you know, as... And some of them are citizens... Uh, of the People's Republic of China. And let's just, in San Francisco, and let's just be frank. Yeah. Why should the United States, why should San Francisco be affording a citizen of the People's Republic of China a vote in a U.S. election when that citizen of communist China doesn't have the same dem democratic voting rights in their own country? And there's a reason why they, the reason why they're not wanting to give up their citizenship doesn't have anything to do with democracy. There's other reasons. You know. and, the, and the Chinese Communist Party essentially looks at all of their foreign uh, people that are in other countries as united front. Yeah. So it looks at all of their citizens that are out, out of China as, as a way of pushing their initiatives. I, I have to say, I... But not, not, it's not everybody, but in, it's... It's yeah. not everybody, and the participation of non-citizen voting over the last four years, even though the potential is huge in San Francisco. One news report said of the 800,000 registered voters in San Francisco, uh, there was a potential for over 100,000 voters to be non-citizen voters. There was that potential. 
However, the participation over the, over the four years of the program was nowhere near that. It was more in the hundreds and sometimes even less than it was thousands, but the potential is there. I do believe that there may be some with some of the, there, you know, there are front groups that the communists have. And I believe, I don't want to go off on a ledge yeah, here, but, yeah. but I, you know, Which but, we I, have covered but I believe they times, do, yeah. they do monitor it and so on and so forth. And I think it comes down to something like this. Elections can be very close, like in Florida, in Bush versus Gore. Yeah, there could be a few words. How would we really feel about an election in California, whether it's in San Francisco or Oakland or, or San Jose, which is considering it non-citizen voting or Santa Ana? How would we feel if we had a circumstance where non-citizens were allowed to vote and an election was decided by a handful of votes, which means that the election would have been decided by the presence of non-citizen voting. It undermines the integrity, in my opinion, of the entire process. But you know what? My opinion there is academic because the California Constitution rules. We just have a situation where city attorneys and city fathers are weak and they give in to these pressure groups and they go ahead and they vote these almost a fantastical idea of how elections should be conducted. And they get away with it for four years in San Francisco. It wasn't until that sunshine sunset provision allowed me to move forward and to, to challenge the law that we were able to get the momentum. I think the momentum now is against non-citizen voting as a result of my lawsuits. So, Jim, why are you doing these lawsuits? This is not a for-profit initiative, well, so why did you decide to do these lawsuits? I manage two nonprofit organizations that have election integrity as one of their top issues. But both of the organizations are conservative legal action organizations that are dedicated to a wide range of issues, but particularly to focusing on election integrity. Uh, and this is coming out again of the 2020 election. Certainly there were problems with the 2020 election. There are things that need to be fixed. We've seen that. This isn't anything that uh, w there's any intention to, you know, make money on it or anything like that. But the the nonprofits do uh, conduct fundraising to do their projects, and the nonprofits hire the attorneys to go out and do this work. Uh, but a good thing that's happened as a result of winning the San Francisco case is there is a rule that allows for someone who has won. Uh, a case of public interest to be able to be reimbursed for their legal fees from the city. And believe it or not, San Francisco stepped up and already agreed to negotiate with us and did negotiate uh, to pay all the legal fees for our lawyers in challenging the San Francisco case. So when the case is finally over and the appeals are resolved, uh, the city of San Francisco will be sending a check which will reimburse the nonprofits. For, for the, the legal fees. For, for the legal fees and also pay the attorneys. So why are you doing this, the, the election integrity nonprofits? Oh, well, you know, come on. I'm a long-term conservative activist. Uh, uh, I love politics. I worked for eight years for Ronald Reagan in the Reagan administration in a legal capacity as well. I was general counsel of the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission for the last two years of the Reagan administration. 
I worked in the Bush administration. Uh, you know, I live and breathe uh, politics and law. I've had some success with um, legal cases in the past on my own. As a matter of fact, I've won a couple of significant uh, cases in the field of campaign finance uh, going back 20 years with the state. But, you know, I'm engaged and I care. And, um, you know, this was an opportunity with this San Francisco suit. We're going to keep it up. Like I said, we're suing Oakland. Uh, if we need to sue San Jose or Santa Ana in the future, we will. We need to have elections that people can rely on, that count. We need to rebuild confidence of the people in our electoral system. Part of it is rooting out all these problems that we have in the voting process. We need to make certain that if we're going to do mail-in ballots, that there truly is mail-in ballot security and that we don't have all of these um, uh, individuals running around collecting ballots and doing ballot harvesting that might be able to um, defraud the voters by, uh, you know, putting in some sort of a fraudulent vote. We need to have rules about that. And part of the overall issue of election integrity, I think, is making certain that only qualified voters vote. When you guys did this lawsuit, did you face any challenges or did anybody protest you guys for, for what you did? Well, yes, the, uh, the Chinese community includes some left-wing elements. And there is an organization uh, that uh, was very critical of the idea of changing this law. And as a matter of fact, there was a demonstration outside of the courthouse on the day of our hearing on, I believe it was July uh, 28th. Um, it didn't affect the ruling. Uh, the, and the judge came down very strongly in favor of the California Constitution. But the San Francisco city attorney, uh, who is also of Chinese heritage, actually attended the protest uh, before the hearing, which is highly unusual. I mean, why would a city attorney try to be so partisan about uh, an issue that we're trying to litigate? But he was, and they were there, and, and uh, accusations were made uh, that our lawsuit was some form of racism or some form of... But majority of voters in San Francisco are Chinese, aren't they? It's they a very, already are... It's a, it's a very strong very minority and of Chinese citizens. Yeah, so there's, so, there's a so, lot of Chinese so, citizens so, so, that already have a voice. Right so, right, so if this law were to be stand up, it means that the Chinese citizens' votes would be diluted by non-citizen votes. But it's particularly offensive, I would imagine, for black voters who, who are an affinity group that has definitely been associated with invidious discrimination to have their votes diluted, by deprived, devalued by non-citizen uh, voters. And in the non-citizen voter group, the loudest the lobbying group was uh, a left-wing uh, lobbying organization. Do you have any other thoughts for our audience? Uh, well, I'd just like to thank you for the opportunity to be here and to, and, and to share these thoughts. I can't think of, the, of anything more important in the upcoming election than people going out, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, and voting and participating in the process. Voting is a fundamental right of every single citizen over 18 
in this state. We need to appreciate that. We need to go out and exercise the vote. And it's good to be able to help to rectify that situation and to be able to talk about it here because nobody else in the media is talking about it but you. And we have to also study those ballot propositions like in detail. To oh, find very out much what so. About. Oh, oh, very much so. Yeah. yeah. Education, um, voter education is very important. Jim Lacey, conservative lawyer and radio host at KBC. It was great to have you on California Insider. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you.